you have a Bible, please open it to the book of Ezekiel. Not chapter 36, chapter 34. Ezekiel 34, we're going to read verses 1 and 2. The word of the Lord came to me, son of man, prophesy against the the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, this is what the Lord God says to the shepherds. Woe to the shepherds of Israel who have been feeding themselves. Shouldn't the shepherds feed their flock? This is God's word. Let's pray. Father, we need your help. Help us now to obey your word and help the shepherds and members of this church faithfully follow you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. What comes to your mind when you think of a leader? To many, a leader may be someone who takes initiative and responsibility, someone who acts sacrificially and sets an example. A leader is also someone who has influence. A leader is someone who gets people rallied together and can move things along. You see, we want to believe that all leaders take their position seriously and try to do what is best for those who they lead. But the sad reality is that not all leadership that we follow is worthy leadership. So what do we do when when we've been put under bad leadership or in Ezekiel's case, bad shepherding. You see, that's the position Ezekiel and the nation of Israel find themselves in our text today. The nation of Israel currently at this time in the book of Ezekiel exiled to Babylon. Ezekiel was commissioned by God to speak words of judgment to the exiles. And Ezekiel was not really a popular guy. He was, he was an odd fellow. And God had him do some pretty weird things. If you ever read the book of Ezekiel, he laid on his left side for 390 days and on his right side for 40 days to symbolize the punishment to be inflicted on Israel and Judah. He had his tongue glued to the roof of his mouth so that he couldn't speak. And he had some other things happen to him, just a lot to count. And I don't only have like 15 to 20 minutes here to, t- to speak. Even so, God uses Ezekiel in this book to speak to the nation of Israel, speak to his people and in our passage specifically, to speak about the bad shepherds that have plagued God's people. These shepherds that Ezekiel mentions in verse 2 are a reference to the leaders of the nation prior to the exile. These would be the kings, the priests, the prophets. And tonight we're going to focus on two points. The first point we're going to see that I want you guys to, to focus on is beware of bad shepherds who lead God's flock astray. Beware of bad shepherds who lead God's flock astray. And the second one, trust God who rescues his flock. Trust God who rescues his flock. So to go to the first point, beware of bad shepherds who lead God's flock astray, let's read verses 2 to 4. Verse 2 again, let's read verse 3 and 4. Son of man, prophesy against the shepherds of Israel. Prophesy and say to them, this is what the Lord God says to the shepherds. Woe to the shepherds of Israel who have been feeding themselves. Shouldn't the shepherds feed their flock? You eat the fat, wear the wool, and butcher the fattened animals, but you do not tend the flock. 
You have not strengthened the weak, healed the sick, bandaged the injured, brought back the strays, or sought the lost. Instead, you have ruled them with violence and cruelty. You see, the shepherds here were self-absorbed and fattened, and fattened people who made much of themselves. They were more concerned with their own well-being and made sure that they were taken care of rather than the people God put, put in place in front of them to be, to be, to, that they, they, they would hold responsible for, that they'd be responsible for. They didn't tend to the flock, meaning they didn't strengthen the weak. They didn't heal the sick. They didn't bandage the injured. And importantly, they didn't bring back the strays or seek the lost. These leaders are rebuked by God for their lack of care and their self-interest. They had grown fat at the expense of others. They exploited the flock like the flock belonged to them and not God. These shepherds cruelly exploited the people under, the, under their care, and instead of keeping the flock safe, they lost them. They didn't seek them, and they didn't go after them. This is the warning that Ezekiel wants us to see. Beware of these bad shepherds, these bad shepherds who lead God's people astray. And we see the effect, the effect of this, the effect of their bad, shepherding on, their bad shepherding on the flock in verses 5 to 6. So the flock, they were, it says in verse 5 that they were scattered for a lack of a shepherd. They became food for all the wild animals when they were scattered. My flock went astray on all the mountains and every high hill. My flock was scattered over the whole face of the earth, and there was no one searching or seeking for them. This same point is reiterated in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 50. I'll just paraphrase, where Jeremiah says that the people were lost sheep, and the shepherds led them astray. The sheep wandered and forgot their resting place, and whoever found them devoured them. You see, the reason why this is such a travesty is that these shepherds are doing the exact opposite of what a shepherd should do. A shepherd is trusted to take care of his flock. Jesus gives us the perfect description of a shepherd's heart for his sheep in Matthew 18 when he says, If someone has a hundred sheep and one of them goes astray, won't he leave the 99 on the hillside and go and search for the stray? And if he finds it, truly I tell you, he rejoices over that sheep more than over the 99 that did not go astray. In the same way, it is not the will of your Father in heaven that one of these little ones perish. Church, the heart of a true shepherd takes care of his sheep. The shepherd watches over them, protects them, and seeks after the sheep that are lost. The shepherds that Ezekiel spoke of acted in contrast of what a shepherd's responsibility and duty was. And sadly, this led to the scattering of God's people, leaving them defenseless to their enemies. So what happens to the scattered flock? Will they just go on being lost and devoured? You see, this leads us to our second point. Trust God who rescues his flock. Trust God who rescues his flock. Read verse, read verse 10 in chapter 34 with me. This is what the Lord God says. Look, I am against the shepherds. I will demand my flock from them and prevent them from shepherding the flock. 
the shepherds will no longer feed themselves, for I will rescue my flock from their mouths, so that they will not be food for them. For this is what the Lord God says, see, I myself will search my flock and look for them, as a shepherd looks for his sheep on the day he is among his scattered flock. So I will look for my flock, I will rescue them from all the places where they have been scattered on a day of clouds and total darkness. Jump down, jump down to verse 15. He says, I will tend my flock and let them lie down. This is the declaration of the Lord God. I will seek the lost, bring back the strays, bandage the injured, and strengthen the weak. But I will destroy the fat and the strong. I will shepherd them with justice. Church family, when ungodly leaders lead God's people, everyone suffers. Leaders have influence. So if you have bad leaders, if you have bad shepherds, you're more likely you're going to have bad sheep. Thankfully, we see here that God himself will take his flock back. God will lead his people. And there is no greater leader for God's people than God himself. God may have given Israel flawed and bad leaders, but he never gave them up. They were always his sheep, and he was their ultimate shepherd. This is what David believed when he writes Psalm 23, when he says, The Lord is my shepherd. He leads me along the right paths for his namesake. Even when I go through the darkest valley, I fear no danger, for they are with me. Your rod and staff, they comfort me. You see, David knows that with God as his shepherd, there is no wandering or fear of danger or, for, or fear of being lost. Because even in the darkest valleys of his life, he knows that God is shepherding him. The failure of human shepherds gives way to the success of Israel's true shepherd, God. And we see this fulfilled in the person of Jesus Christ. Jesus says this, as, Jesus says this of himself in John 10. Jesus says that he, he says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand, since he is not the shepherd and doesn't own the sheep, leaves them and runs away when he sees a wolf coming. The wolf then snatches and scatters them. This happens because he is a hired hand and doesn't care about the sheep. But Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as the father knows me and I know the father, I lay down my life for the sheep. Let me read that again. I lay down my life for the sheep. Jesus is the good shepherd and the true shepherd of not only Israel, but all who would believe in him. He doesn't leave his sheep to be scattered. He protects his sheep, and he will even lay down his life for his sheep. So what does that mean for us today, BBC? How do we apply this into our life? PJ's, PJ preached this morning, preached to us, but specifically to the pastors at here at BBC, so and speak to the pastors too. To the elders and pastors of BBC, there will be times when you will fail to image God in your leadership of his bride. There may be times you might even think you're a bad shepherd. But keep shepherding God's flock faithfully. God cares not only who leads his people, but also how they lead them. 1 Peter 5 Verse 2 to 4 says, shepherd God's flock among you, not overseeing out of compulsion, but willingly as God would have you, not out of greed for money, but eagerly, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. 
And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. Pastors, remember that you are under shepherds under the chief shepherd. Shepherd God's flock faithfully, not only in what you teach, but also how you live and how, and how you take care of your home and how you strive to continue to grow in character, modeling well confession and repentance of sin. Like 1 Peter 2 says, be examples to the flock. One last command from our text to the pastors here. Pastors, feed your flock. Our text says in verse 2 in Ezekiel chapter 34, Woe to the shepherds of Israel who have been feeding themselves. Shouldn't the shepherds feed their flock? So pastors, feed your flock. Feed us God's word. Help us to see and savor God and enjoy him through knowing him in his word. Help the flock grow in knowledge of God so that it helps us not just obey God, but helps us to love him. Know that the ministry of the word is the primary weapon that God uses to grow and change a church. We see how, impor- we see how important this is in Jesus' ministry when he restores Peter. When Peter, after Peter's denial, and he asks Peter, he says, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Simon, son of John, do you love me? Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter grieved and he says, Lord, you know everything You know that I love you. And Jesus says, feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. To the members here of BBC, we ought to faithfully follow Jesus by submitting to God through our submission to our shepherds. PJ mentioned earlier in Hebrews 13, verse 17, obey your leaders and submit to them since they keep watch over your souls as those who will give an account. Members of BBC, do we understand that pastors have the responsibility before God to give an account for our souls? This is a heavy, heavy responsibility that they have. I know PJ likes to joke around when they talk about, when he talks about our family, that this is like our third go around here at BBC. We've only been here twice. You know, we were still technically members. But when my family was going through the hardest season that we've ever been in 2018, we went back here. Why? Because we needed shepherding and we needed a shepherd. PJ was the only one at the time. We needed a shepherd that would take the responsibility of watching of our souls seriously, knowing that they would have to give an account. We went back to BBC because we trusted PJ with our lives. Members at BBC, let me ask you, do you trust your pastors with your lives? Like the parable of the lost sheep, if you were ever lost, if you were astray, if you went away from the faith, if you were caught in sin and needed to be rescued back, do you trust your five shepherds here to leave the 99 and look for you and rescue you? This is why, church, we have a great responsibility when we appoint and vote in pastors in our members' meetings. When we affirm them as pastors like we did with John Lee today, we are entrusting them to God and saying that these men have been appointed in this season to lead us, take care of us, and protect us. 
So church family, let's continue to submit to their leadership. Love them, pray for them, even rebuke and correct them in love. And I just want to speak now to, to those who don't believe in Jesus, if, don't believe in Christianity. If you're not a Christian here today, thank you for being here. I just have a, one or two questions for you. Who is watching over your life? Who is protecting you? Wouldn't you want God himself to be your shepherd? Wouldn't you want someone going after you if you were ever lost? Jesus does that. Jesus accomplishes this by laying down his life for his sheep. On the cross, Jesus is the sheep that was lost and abandoned. Jesus on the cross was left to be devoured by wild animals. But no one went after him to look for him or to save him, to seek after him. He was forsaken on the cross so that you and I could be rescued. The Father does not delight in any one of these little ones to perish. He would rather have Jesus perish instead for us. So that he could save you. Jesus on the cross died to save his sheep. He died for our sins. Jesus died for sinful sheep. Sheep that did not want God as their shepherd. Sheep that would rather be led astray and be lost than follow God. But Jesus still died for the sheep by being our perfect, spotless lamb. Jesus, the good shepherd, protects his sheep by being the lamb slain for us. So friends, behold Jesus, look at Jesus, and trust in Jesus. We couldn't save ourselves from our sins, so Jesus dies in our place, and he rose again on the third day. So, and if you're not a Christian here today, I plead with you, put your hope in Jesus who goes after you and even dies for you so that he could rescue you. You can have eternal life and peace with God and be under the shepherding and care of the good shepherd if you repent of your sins and trust in Jesus' work on the cross. As we close, beware of bad shepherds who lead God's people astray and trust in God who rescues his flock. This is the shepherd we need. Whether God has called you here as a pastor at BBC or you're one of the um, 122 members here. The bad shepherds in Ezekiel show us our need for the one true and good shepherd. Jesus. For the son of man has come to seek and save the lost. Jesus is the only shepherd who can save and rescue lost sheep. He will take back his flock from bad shepherds and he will protect his people and lead them home and they will be safe in his care. So let's behold Jesus now who saves lost sheep like us by being the lamb who takes away the sins of the world. Let's pray. Father, would you grow us in trusting in Jesus, our good shepherd. Help us as members of this church Submit faithfully to our pastors as they care for us and have to give an account for us. We pray for our pastors that they would faithfully shepherd us and that they would faithfully trust you, our chief shepherd. In Jesus' name, amen.